Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Good afternoon and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we're joined by the Michael Shinnick. Good afternoon. Thanks, Pete. Good afternoon to you, Ewan. Yeah, looking forward to this. Oh, listen, it's great to have you on. So, Michael, tell us, who are you, what are you doing, where are you from? Yeah, my name is Michael Shinnick. I'm a, a business coach based in Dublin, originally from Cork. Uh, moved to Dublin in the early 90s, worked in financial services in Dublin, down in the IFSC, and later in investment management and pension performance and all that kind of good stuff. And and then got the entrepreneurial seizure and took a franchise as a business coach with Action Coach or Action International, as I call it, time. Did that for five years and then just uh, changed, I guess, changed plaque on the wall and, and set up the business practice with a partner of mine. We've been doing that for the last 10 years. I also started an e-commerce business selling uh, electronics uh, on Amazon in 2014. So that's uh, up to seven figures in sales now at this point in time. So that's doing really, really well. It's a busy time of the year now coming into what they call Q4, or the Christmas season ultimately. So yeah, so that's that's a kind of a quick and short synopsis. My day job is, as I say, coaching. So I work with mainly business owners, SMEs, and just helping them get their business in order, getting a plan together, getting excited about a plan, fixing some issues, obviously, as well, but, but mainly looking at growing and, and getting that exciting, maybe a little bit fearful plan together just to, just to push the boundaries a little bit more and achieve more than they would and just on their own. Pete, that make a bit of sense? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it sounds, I mean what, what do people look for in a coach, really? Yeah, I guess, gosh, it's a good question. I think the main thing they look for is somebody that they respect, somebody that they can... I suppose someone that, that has experience in the market as well. I, I, often people look and say, well, listen, what experience do you have in my industry? And, and you can imagine with 15 years in this, it's I, I've kind of experienced most industries and, and most problems. But actually, industry is not really the issue. You could have five or six different business owners in the same industry, but the real issue is what's going on between the years and the business owner. You know yourself, it's what a reflection. I often say to people, look in the mirror. What's reflecting back at you is where you are in your life, what your business, your bank account, your relationships, your everything in your life is a reflection of what goes on between your two ears. So for me to help you grow and fix your business, we need to kind of fix what's going on between the two ears and what the thinking is, you know, your beliefs, your values, you know, what, what, what's, what's driving you on a day-to-day basis. If we can if we can tweak that, the business will, will change on its own. Obviously, there's some strategies and tactics that will work in from a business point of view to improve your time management, your team management, your money management, ultimately your sales and your marketing. They're the kind of tactics. But ultimately, we need to work on the mindset side as well so that it becomes a lot easier. It's like I often think the mindset side is like leaving the handbrake off in, in, in the car. It's kind of difficult to drive with the handbrake on. Let's leave the handbrake on, then we can deal with the driving and the steering of the of the car being the business ultimately in this case. Oh, I like so that. That's, that's really what we're looking for. So what are they looking for in a coach? Somebody who's got the experience in that. Somebody who can ask them a few probing questions. Also, I guess someone that they'll allow hold them them accountable. Like, it's all very well saying you can be held accountable. People need to allow you to be accountable. And, and 
be a little bit maybe a bit, bit vulnerable, understand that they can trust you in that regard. And, and yeah, somebody who's capable of, of taking them to the next level and helping them through the next level and, you know, giving them the credit for that as well. It is because ultimately it will be their work. I'm not a consultant. I don't go in and do things for them, but I will help them do it and just point them in the right direction. And yeah, that can that can jar with people at times. That can kind of, you know, we kind of push them along a direction. There'll be a bit of pushback, but yeah, you let that marinate. I often say you let it marinate for a period of time. It'll, it'll filter through in, in, in time and they'll be ready for it when they're ready for it. But we just work on what I call 90-day plans. Just what, what do you need to do in the next 90 days? We obviously look at the three, five, and 10-year plan, but that's where goal setting often fails when people are too much focused at the five and the 10-year plan because that doesn't tell you what to do next week. That doesn't tell you what to do tomorrow. So we look at we look at kind of say, well, what do we need to do in the next 90 days? I, I, I liken it a little bit to the, you know, the, the screen that you have on a sat-nav. If you're going from Belfast to Dublin or from Dublin to Cork or wherever you're going, you, you'll set Cork in the sat-nav as a destination or Dublin as a destination. But that doesn't tell you what to do going out your driveway. That doesn't tell you the first 150 yards. And that's really all you need to do at a particular time is what's the next 150 yards? You know, take a left, take a right, join that road. And if you make a few mistakes, it'll just say recalculating. <laughs> and that's all you need to do. You don't need to worry about it. The person on your sat-nav, the lady in your sat-nav isn't going to say pull over. You don't have a clue what you're doing. Park up and forget about it. They'll just say recalculating and they'll work it from there. And that's the same in business. What's the next 150 yards? It's like driving at night as well. You only need to see 150 yards. Your, your headlights will only show you 150 yards in front of you. So if you can just work with that and deal with that, it's really what's called you're living in the present. Don't live in the past. Those past mistakes, just learn from the past. Don't look too far in the future. Yes, set your goals and set your ambitions and know where you want to go and have that inspiring vision. But really live now in the present and live in the next 90 days, what I need to do every day. And the 90 days itself will reveal itself as well in front of you. I make a bit of sense? Lots, lots of sense. I mean, what's a very revealing question for you when you're, to, when you're working with people? Yeah, it's a good question, actually. I suppose I, I first of all like to look and say, well, where, where do you want to be? Like, what, 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 what are your goals? And and you often find that a lot of business owners they're kind of stuck in the day to day. They can be stuck in the minutia, and they don't. The vision has been kind of worn down a little bit. And you know what? They're probably just not excited anymore. And so I kind of ask questions around that. You know, first of all, listen, leave the business alone for the moment. The business is just a vehicle to get what you want in life. Well, what do you actually want in life? They're going to go, and they might come out with, you know, oftentimes they come out with rubbish answers like, you know, financial security. And, and that's just rhetoric that's just thrown out there. And it's great. We all want financial security. Don't get me wrong. But like, what does that mean to you? What does financial security mean to you? Or what does happiness mean to you? Because you can kind of, you know, after a while you're like, no, oh yeah, happiness, you want happiness. I go, hang on a second. What, what does happiness mean to you? Because I might. Like, I kind of know what happiness might know for me, or I need to ask myself that question at times as well. But I want to know for you, what does that mean for you? What does that look for you? Because if you had 100 different business owners or 100 different people, you will get 100 different answers for that. So as a coach, I need to understand what that actually, what that actually is for them, because it might be something completely different. And, but by me actually asking them that question, it's the only way that they're going to get clarity on it. Do you ever notice that if you've got something in your own head and you're thinking about something and you're thinking of even, say, writing an email, a business email to someone, you think you got it quite clear in the head and then you actually go to write it down and it takes you forever <laughs> or it takes you a while to get your thoughts clear. 
That's the kind of same thing with writing down your goals or getting your goals out. They're kind of in your head. You kind of know what they are, but they're a bit fuzzy. And until you actually take the time to write them down, get quite clear on them and put a few timelines on them, that's when the clarity gets there. But that's also when you kind of go, actually, that exactly is what I need. And that's what I want. And they get that form of excitement about it as well. Mm -hmm. They're kind of processing it themselves by you asking that question. And that's why I'm saying like, listen, Coaching isn't all about asking questions, but it certainly is a, a big part, especially at the start, just to get quite clear and, and get aligned with the, with the business owner or the person that you're coaching. Because, I mean, you, you talked a bit about there about reflection as well, you know, isn't it yeah. helping to see their own reflection, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite- I think that's, that's vitally important that people, and, and most people do understand it. It might jar with them a little bit, but, you know, I'm saying, you know, what's wrong with your business right now? Great, okay, uh, that's your fault. You do know that, right? <laughs> and that's not a kind of a, oh, it can jar with them, but I'm kind of saying the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, the good is also a reflection on you. The bad is a reflection on you. And, you know, the trouble or the ugliness of it is also a reflection on you. So don't, don't, don't take it to heart. Don't get beaten up by it. Take ownership for it. Mm-hmm. And that's the, one of the main, main things is ownership for it. Because if we take ownership, ownership for it, well, then we can change it. So the good stuff, that's good. Let's work on that. That's brilliant because we'll improve that. Where are the problem areas? We can fix that. But what has created those problems? I think it was Robert Kiyosaki or one of these guys once said, like, is in, you know, you can't fix a problem with the same mindset that created it. You know, so you do need to change the way that you think about things in order to fix something, for the, especially for the longer term. So it is, like, it's a great insight for me to see. When I see what's wrong with a business, I kind of have a fair idea of the mindset. And we need to just work on that a little bit. <laughs> that's, uh, it, makes, that's the it makes sense. I mean, someone recently had said to me there, you know, that apparently every problem is a leadership problem. What do you think yeah. of that? It is. Absolutely. You, you'll see it. Like it, it, there's the old adage that the, the fish stinks from the head down, you know, and, and that ultimately is the issue because that's their reflection. They've, you know, obviously if you've taken over a business and you're less than six months in the business, you probably can't take all the blame for it. But after six months, you pretty much can because, Either you needed to change some people or change some systems and change whatever. After that, it's your own problem. You've either put up with problems, which is your problem ultimately now at this stage, or you haven't you haven't changed it or, or you created them themselves. So ultimately, if you're in if you're in ownership of a business for six months or more, they're your problems. Yeah, you created it. <laughs> so take ownership for it. But yeah, listen, it is the it is the head. Like there's a lot of analogies between business and sport and and you know the team, the morale and. It depends on the strongest voice in the dressing room, the, the coach, the trainer, the manager or whatnot. You know, that, that depends. And, and that's why a change in management, management, even in coaching or change in coaching can change the philosophy, can change the morale and can change the results pretty quickly. Some are short lived and some are, some are more long term. And that's, that's the key. Same in business. You know, if you change your mindset, obviously change ownership is one thing as well. But the main thing really is if you can change the way you think about something and get a, a more of a culture of engagement, you will, you will change the change the way the organization and the results that it gets. Makes sense. So yeah. what, is, what does fire in the belly mean to you? Fire in the belly? Yeah. I think that's a good point. Fire in the belly really is about what is it? What is it in your, what is, yeah, I, I think that the main thing there is what is it that's going to make you take action? Because we can do all the, we can do all the kind of oming and all the good yoga stuff and all the meditation and whatnot. That ain't going to put any any um, money in the bank account. It isn't going to put any food on the table. 
But what it will do is hopefully get you very, very clear on what's important to you and help you. And once you really are, understand that, that should manifest itself into action, to take an action, because you'll have fire in the belly to take that action. And ultimately, nothing, nothing is more rewarded by the universe except action. The action you take will be will be given back to you in equal in equal proportion. So if you do nothing, if nobody if nobody hears about you, if you're not making phone calls and making sales and getting out there networking or doing all that kind of stuff, well then nobody knows about you. You're not sending, if you want to use that word that they often use, that vibration. You're not sending that vibration out into the universe, so therefore it cannot come back to you. Nobody knows about you. So the more action you take, the more you get out there, the more results that you will take. And so the fire in the belly really is, is the facilitator of that action. And that action is what will give you that. So what is what will give you that fire in the belly to, to, to get that? And if it doesn't, I often say to business owners, how exciting is that is that 90-day plan for you? Oh, you know, it's not about, I just tear it up. We go, right, we're starting again. No point. You're not going to do it. You're not going to take that action. Is there some bit of fear and some bit of excitement? If there's not, you need, you may be tearing them up and going again. That's really, that, that, that really is, is the key. So mm. yeah, fire in the belly. I love that line. But I think what it really means is how, how are you actually going to act? How are you going to take action as a result of that? Because the only way you're going to get results is taking action and taking the right action all the same as well. Hmm. Do you have fire in the belly? Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's a good point. Yeah, I do. And, and I suppose if you go back to when I started off this franchise, because, you know, I came back from training in good old Las Vegas at the time. And unfortunately, we weren't on the strip. We were well back off the strip and locked up in a hotel for a few weeks. And, and I remember sitting on the plane on the way back, pulling out of Chicago and going, oh, my God. I, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be sitting down. Nobody knows me as a coach. They knew me in my banking and investment banking. And all that, but they did not know me as a coach. And they're like, oh, nobody knows. So like, I am now going to have to sit down and, and get out there and get known. And I remember the first day sitting in my office and it was a converted attic in, in my in a house just up in, at the phone and saying, well, that's not going to ring. So it was really a case of, you know, you had to make it work for yourself. You had to send out, you know, it was 20 letters a day, 100 a week that you were sending out, and you had to follow up on those 100. And after a while, when you got some coaching clients, you didn't need to send out that level of activity. So that the fire in the belly really at the time was, it was driven by <laughs> a wife, two kids at the time, and a mortgage. You know, it was, it was that move, you had to make it work. You know, I came from a good salary in the, in the banking world. I needed to replicate that pretty quickly. Um, but it was confidence in what you that you could do it as well. But it was kind of under no illusion. It was full of ownership that no one else was going to help me do this. And you had to do it. And I was driven by money and success and, and making it work because, you know, I could have replicated. I could have resulted that I just going to replicate my business, my salary and get that. But, you know, I, I only, I got, when I was in action for five years, I was for the five years, I was the, uh, the European coach of the year. And that's based on KPIs. That's based on, you know, the amount of money that you are earning. So when you're banking 30, 40 grand a month, that was, you know, obviously there's expenses involved in that. You weren't netting all of that. But, you know, that's that was the fire in the belly. That was that level of competition as well in the franchise that you wanted to get to that level. Now, you're working pretty hard for that because that's one-to-one -one coaching. You need to work on ways, I guess, to leverage that as well. So I wasn't just selling my own time for money at the time. But, yeah, 
Yeah, and, and you learn a lot about yourself, I guess, during those times and, and understanding, I guess, what the fire in the belly was. And part of the fire in the belly was I did like the accountability side of the, the franchise to an extent as well, is that you were up there with your peers and, you know, it was it was you wanted to do well. You wanted to do well, obviously, from a subsistence point of view. But after a while, it kicked on above that. You You really wanted to just succeed because you wanted to do the best that you could do. And the same thing, I think, when, you know, when I started the the e-commerce, uh, the fire in the belly there was just, I wanted to repl- I wanted to have passive income. And <laughs> it's not really passive income. It's just not selling time for money. Does that make sense? It's more leveraged in that way. Like coaching an individual, coaching a consultancy is you're selling your time for money. Whereas I wake up in the morning now because most of my e-commerce business is in the States. So I wake up in the morning after se- selling product overnight. And that's a great feeling. You know, so but it was to like, and I worked hard. I do work hard now to 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 get that working. I suppose the busy time of the year is 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 up until now when I'm making sure I have stocks and whatever in place. Otherwise, when the run into Christmas, Amazon take care of most of the fulfillment. So I'm not picking and packing stock. I'm just sitting back and watching at that stage. But you know, it's 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 about it's also about the community you surround yourself with. So I run a mastermind of five or six other other Amazon sellers, and we we kind of. We also challenge ourselves in that regard. So I kind of realized that part of that fire in the belly is how do you hold yourself accountable and how do you create accountability to yourself? Because we all need, I think they're, the saying is 98% of people need some level of accountability. And I, and I think I've realized that about myself over that period of time. But you know, you're only fooling yourself if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, you're kind of creating accountability, but you don't really act on it. So I think... Ownership for that is probably one of the one of the big points, Pete. I don't know what, what you think on that, but absolutely, it's um, uh, but it's human nature, and especially in the entrepreneurial world, you know, it's it is that reflection. You know, who's holding the mirror for you? You yeah. know, and 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 why? Because you know, sometimes it can be just in different environments, you know, and and different right. skill sets, etc. You know, so it's really quite key. An entrepreneurial world can be pretty lonely too, you know. And you know it is, and, and, and you know I come across, I, I feel hear that a lot from business owners these days that actually it is lonely. Who do they talk to? You know, they're they're meant to be the leader, and they are the leader, so they don't kind of confide in some of their other management team or a role that the banker or their accountant. Their accountant doesn't really fulfil that role anymore. It's more of a compliance role, not really much of an advisory role, even though they like sometimes to throw themselves in that. Um, because ultimately nothing happens in a business unless a sale is made. So, you know, that's really probably not where you're going to get your sales advice from, from the accountancy fraternity. But, you know, even your lawyer, banker, they're, they're, this, that model has moved on. So that's where the coach, I think, fits back into that. It is kind of saying like that, this is this trusted advisor who's not going to take any BS from me, who kind of understands me more than a lot of people, is there to hold me accountable and is there to kind of bring me and refocus me back on where actually, what's the plan here? Back to the plan. Don't worry about this distraction that's happening at the moment, that there's some problem that you need to put out a fire with. That's, that's fine. We need to deal with that. But we now need to go back to the plan. Plan is still good. You know? And focus in on that and get that level of accountability. I think that's that's really is the, the key. And I, I like, you mentioned the point there about environment. I think environment is probably one of the most important, the most important things. Who are you hanging around with? Who do you have, as I say, holding that mirror up to you? You know, if you've got yes people around you, that's not going to serve you. If you've got people that are challenging you, if you've got people around you who are doing better than you, you know, if you're the best person in the room, you're in the wrong room. 
get in a get in a room with better people. You know, look around the room that you're going into, whether it's a networking, whether it's whatever. If you if you're the most successful or the best person, whatever you want to use that word, most successful person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Get in another room. Get in a room where people can challenge and push you. That's the only way you're gonna. That's the way you're only gonna survive and thrive ultimately as well. You need to be keeping growing, keep moving on. Oh, so true, isn't it? I mean, that's you know the the point when you make sort of most change, right? Is when you're at your limit, but you have to be a little bit vulnerable too to understand to get yes. that out to find out where you want to be. But as you say, when you're the leader of the company, people don't want to see you, you know, yeah. banging walls and screaming and and crying and doing whatever. But that's that's the change process in many ways. But actually, yeah. it has to be done in a potentially a separate environment. You know, as you say, it may have been the old days a board of directors or something that you can have yeah. the. You can have the powers, you can do all that, but then you make a united decision. That's, uh, that's so much, so much separation, really. You know. Oh, absolutely. Arguments behind closed doors are absolutely no problem at all if you can kind of agree going forward. And that's that's often where people can. I think it was Pat Lencioni in one of his, in his book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, and one of it is that kind of lack of argument that everybody that you get a kind of a consensus rather than an agreement. You know, it's okay to have differing opinions once somebody doesn't take the hump and and sabotage the other decision afterwards you agree and you move on and that's that's healthy discussion same in any any relationship realistically is you agree to disagree or move on or else you go with the you go with a, a, an agreement and everybody rolls in behind that but that's a good environment to have instead of everybody going yes boss that's grand let's go ahead and do that and nobody feeling they can stick their head above the parapet safely to do that in a safe environment and, and move it on. You know, it, it is about challenging the norms. It is about thinking a little bit different. How can we do things a bit differently? Yes, and it's very interesting. It's very challenging environments that everybody's in at the moment. And it goes back to, it's very clear that we don't know what's going to happen with the virus. Is there going to be a vaccine next week, the following week, next month, next quarter? Who knows? But what we do know is we should be planning for all eventualities. We should be pushing ourselves a little bit more. We need to, do we need to pivot? I know it's a word that's kind of <laughs> grown legs since this lockdown, but it's so true. Like, you know, what worked for us in the past may not work for us in the future, or there could be very good opportunities. Are you sure there are big opportunities? And I'm talking to a lot of business owners here, down here at the moment who are actually quite busy. Obviously, if you're not in the if you're not in the direct line of fire with regard to events, hospitality, and and that, obviously they're really in difficult times and they need to pivot a lot more than most. But you know, if you're not in that sector, there still seems to be a fair amount of activity going on. And, you know, I know people are kind of speaking out of the side of their mouth when they say it, but, you know, you got to ride with that and see, see what are the opportunities and what will the opportunities be, be next, next year. You know, a lot of, a lot of one of some of the biggest companies that we have came out of the 2007, 2008, nine, that financial crash at the time, they, they kind of came out of that era. So it's up to us really. Mm. What what caused your trigger from banking and investment across into into the coaching field? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I I always wanted to do something for myself. I was way back when I even when I was in school, we did. I was involved and actually it was the first transition year. I don't know whether you do it, guys up north. We've transition year down south. It's kind of the fourth year in the school, and. It was brought in, and I'm giving away my age here, but the first year it was brought in was about 1986, and it was just one class did it. Um, and during that class, there was kind of a, a, a young enterprise company. So you had to set up a company and, and make some product and sell it all to me. And I was elected the MD for my sins. 
And I just remember at the time we were trying to sell this product and we were coming up against kind of, I suppose, production issues and whether it was going to work or not. And, and we eventually got there and involved going back to clients that we'd already sold to and, and kind of saying, listen, we can't actually do it the way we told you we'd sell it, but we can do it this way. Is that okay? And I just remember at the time going, there's a bit of pressure here, but it was great fun. And I got that, I think I got the entrepreneurial bug at the time, but I went, yeah, I went, continued on through school and went into investment management and got my accountancy qualification for my sins as well. But I always wanted to do something for myself. I always had that bug. And I went to a franchise show and came across Action Coach, came across others as well. But I just liked the idea of the, the coaching. I liked the idea of helping people. I also thought it was really going to be good to use my experiences that I'd learned so far and, and bring it to that that scenario. And I still do. I, I, like, I love the coaching aspect of things. I love, you know, it's, it's obviously it's a social aspect as well. You might know, we might kind of see from this interview so far that I do like to talk and I do like the social aspect of life. So it is interesting when you're dealing with business owners and their team and being able to help them and getting a bit of a kick from that. Yeah, so I, I just thought it was a good transition. I liked it. I did a bit of due diligence on the company, talked to other coaches. It was a significant investment. So we put that up. That obviously made sure that you made it work as well. But So that was the transition across. And, and you know, once you're in there, it's just a decision to make it work or not. Are you going to make it work? Do you have enough fire in the belly, as you'd say yourself, to actually make it work? And I remember talking to, I remember talking to another coach a couple of years later, and he said, the only time I made this business work was when I lost all my money. You know, he had some savings made when he said, the only time I really made this business work was actually when I'd gone through my savings. You know, so he just had to make it work because that's ultimately he had to push himself outside his comfort zone. Because no matter how anything about any business that you do and coaching, I always remember my coach when I started coaching saying, you cannot coach unless you can sell. You, you won't get any business. Nothing, Zig Ziglar said, nothing happens in a business unless a sale is made. And it's just so true. You know, no matter what way people can diss salespeople and what they do, everybody's selling. If you're in any form of a relationship or done anything or persuaded anybody in life, you've sold. <laughs> Don't get it wrong. You know, you've, you have to say everybody is a salesperson tag on them. And, and that was the big thing I learned, first of all, is if you cannot you cannot sell, you're not going to get clients to coach. So, you know, if you, you, you can't help people unless you're selling. You need to sell yourself, you need to sell your ability on being able to do it, and you need to have the ability then to carry it off because then you'll get referrals, and people will get results for people, you'll get the belief in it. You know, and, and I often use what we call a formula for B by do equals have. And obviously the have side of the equation is, is the goals that you want to have. But the B and the do, so B by do equals have. So do is what do I need to do in order to get those goals? And that's what we often think. We do our plan and we do our tasks and it's what we need to do. But who do I need to be to be the person that will do that level of activity or will do the results, will do that, that activity to actually get the results that I want? Because it's not just about you know writing down goals and suddenly they're going to manifest themselves in front of you. Yes, it's good to get clarity on it, but if you don't take action, nothing is going to happen. And who do you need to be to take that action? And I guess as I went on through coaching, I realized it doesn't have to be the chronological order of be by do. So the be doesn't have to come before the do. You actually sometimes need to just do stuff and you will gain the confidence to be that person after a while. Does that, does that make a bit of sense? I, I really clarify, like we in, in, in the coaching franchise, we had different, I suppose, benchmarks of coaching. You're a bronze level coach when you 
bank this amount and had silver when you bank that amount. And I was heading for the silver, silver level coach and it was to bank, well, I think it was about 12 grand a month or whatever. And when I started off, and I, I was there like, that's a lot of money, you know, I'm, how am I going to be able to do that? And, and, and I really kind of said, okay, I'll tell you what, they told me through the franchise, they tell you the level of activity you should be doing. Listen, you should be sending out 100 letters. You should be booking eight meetings. You should be, because the eight meetings you're booked, not all of them are going to come through. You're going to book five. And as a result of booking five meetings and you're pretty new to coaching, you're pretty new to selling, you'll probably get one client, which is a pretty lousy conversion rate because you're so rubbish at it at the start and you probably haven't clarified and qualified some of your leads. You'll just get one. But it's a... But they said, if you keep doing that level of activity, you will succeed. And that was absolutely right. But the point was, I needed to be that person who was going to send out those 20 letters a day, who was going to follow up on those 20 letters two days later because of a snail mail they were going out on. And I wanted to hit at the right time. So I had to phone up all those 20 people two days later, as well as sending out 20 every day. And I remember the office finishing off. Great, I can go downstairs, I can go downstairs, I can leave the attic and go back, I finish for the day. And I realize, oh, I haven't printed off the letters to send out. And back upstairs and do that. Was that level of discipline to do that? You talk about the fire in the belly. But you had to do that. And once I did that and started getting results and started coaching clients, getting results for them, then I realized that I was, before I knew it, I was getting to that benchmark level of earnings. I'm kind of going, actually, this is achievable. And that's when I realized that it doesn't need to be be, by, do in that chronological order. It can be just, just do it. As, as Nike said, just get out there and throw yourself like, like an eagle being pushed out of a nest. Just do it. And when you actually do it, you'll, you'll, it, it will become easier. You know, it's the same thing in a lot of things in sport. If you want to do something, do something more difficult than the other thing that you thought was difficult will become easier. And it's the same in business. It's just when you just do that activity, it will become your comfort zone after a while. And when that becomes your comfort zone, your comfort zone is actually expanded and you're more valuable to society. You've now got more sales. You've got more business. There you go. You're now building your B as well. You're becoming more confident. You yourself as a, as a new person, I look back on that person that I was when I started coaching and I'm very different as a result of that level of activity. And, and, and that's what it's about. You need to grow into your business and grow into grow in order for your wealth zone to grow. I guess your comfort zone needs to go. And, and that's the same that I coach business owners in. But like I couldn't coach people in sales unless I did it myself and felt that level of discomfort and looked at that phone and saying, I ain't going to ring. So I have to pick it up and ring. And you know what? You rarely had a bad phone call. I could count on one hand the number of jerks you'd have on the phone. And you know what? That didn't say anything about me. It said all about them. And that's, you know, over 15 years, that's a handful at most. So the fear that we might have about making phone calls or making sales calls is really within between our own two ears. There we are again, going back to that. And, and ultimately, the B is between your own two ears. The do is, are you going to do that activity? And the have is those goals. Are they the goals that are going to stretch you? Are they the goals that are going to motivate you? Are you excited about those goals to actually get outside your comfort zone? How, is, how important are those to you? Because if they're not important, you just go, eh, it's all right. I'm grand the way I am. Right. So what was, I mean, you've mentioned a couple of things there about that transition across into this into yeah. this world, if you like, you know. So, I mean, you mentioned the sort of, the, the slightly... <laughs> Um, you know, there's a flexibility of time so that as you can be your own boss, yeah. there is, you know, time for money, that equation, you can adjust yeah. that equation to, to your, what else, what else was it giving you? Yeah, 
it's you know, and, and you mentioned the kind of the flexibility with time, and then you get to look back and say, well, actually, I had more time when I was an employee, but it was it was also it was that ownership of it. You just felt alive. Mm-hmm. It was that that that. Yeah, when you look back at it as well, the, 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 it, it is a lot of there was a lot of what we kind of call an. It is excitement. It can be a bit of fear, but it's living as well. And it's very, very satisfying. And once you move, like you don't want to spend all your time out of your comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? Like you're spending all your life outside your comfort zone. You know, at some stage, you know, it's, it's periods of time that you push yourself. Mm-hmm. And you reap the results of that. It's, you know, if you're constantly in stress, you probably may have, may have, may have issues. But, you know, it's more about you know, having that stress and then feeling the results of that. And suddenly it's not stress anymore. And, and, and that. so I think it, it was really just being alive and it was doing what I, I wanted to do myself. It was kind of being more true to myself. I kind of knew, like I had, good, I had great bosses um, when I was in the, in the bank. And, and, and the bosses that I, I liked the most were the people who gave you the kind of gave you the kudos for what you achieved didn't want to take the kind of kudos themselves and 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 that's what i really realized was actual leadership you know a lot of people think when they're leading people that they need to get the, the kudos for for it and that's not the case you need to get the kudos for having the team doing the work and that's a that's the i guess the the book that book uh, the one minute manager meets the monkey peter i don't know whether you ever read that book i think it's a fabulous book just on on the idea of moving from being an employee to a leader you know and that it's not about you anymore you you you're only one person your team is whatever five six or whatever number you have it's more important that they do more and they get the kudos and they get the results for for the team ultimately as well and it's up to you to to make sure they get that that result you're leading them in, in, into that and inspiring them so yeah, I guess the fire in the belly, you needed to have that to make the business work. But for me, it was just about it's what I always wanted to do. It kind of felt, you felt alive. And yeah, every now and then you wanted to have a good break and relax and forget about it. So like everything else, there needs to be balance in life. And when you're starting a new business, there's probably you're out of skew. You, you are, and you need to be out of skew for a while. You need to push it a little bit on the business and then balance it up again after a while. Go back to making sure that you've got, you know, you're taking care of the family, the health, the sport, the relaxing, whatever friends, make sure you have your friends around you. But there are times when that can be out of skew when you're when you're growing a business, particularly in the early stages, but you need to kind of double back and fix that, I guess. You've probably experienced something similar yourself. Yeah, and, and I'm curious, you know, and, and you were talking about that sort of sweat zone, the, the have to or the had yeah. to, you know, it's like, yes. you know, you lose all your money, God, I have to make money, I have to do yes. this. But that that triggers like the inner genius, right? You know, so yes. suddenly you become super creative, you suddenly become super chatty on the phone, you become, yeah. you know, but how, how can, can you artificially bring people back to that sort of sweat zone without, yeah. sort, of, without sort of breaking them and kind of going, yeah, I pushed it too hard, sorry about that, and you're, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it was interesting about the word pushing too hard. So I often kind of think, and, and you know, I'm always in the game as well about you know looking to buy businesses and take them on and do it. And, and you often kind of catch yourself kind of saying, but I don't know whether that could do. And you say, do you know what? If you were in there and you had to make it work, you would. It and it's just human instinct. And sometimes it's, it's back to that do before be. It's just you know what? Dive in, <laughs> throw yourself into it, just do it. And you will make it work. Obviously, now don't buy a pig in a poke or you know, do your bit of due diligence beforehand, but also just back yourself and have people in your environment that are going to back you, not people that are going to tell you, oh, I'm going to be doing that. 
or people who haven't done that themselves. So get people in your environment who have done what you want to do. That's a simple formula. You know, take them out for lunch. How do you become someone that you look up to? Is find out what they did. It's not a rocket science. It's just what did they do? They'll tell you. They'll tell you, just go ahead and do it. Just stop talking about it. I often remember, and I was learning to ski at the time. <laughs> and I would, you know, the way we, I don't know if you ever skied, and I bore people with skiing at times, but bear with me on this one. And I was, you know, you're going down a fairly steep slope, and I was concentrating on the turns, and you're making all these turns, and you're, you're getting there. I remember one guy shouting back up the slope, will you ever point those bloody skis down the hill and then, you know, just, just go down the hill kind of thing. And he was right. It was just go down. Then you'll make your turn to slow down instead of concentrating on the turn. But the point being is just do it. Just get out. Just throw yourself in there. You will figure it out because you'll have to figure it out. And that's, you know, you need to kind of, as you said, artificially create that. Sometimes it's there, but sometimes you just need to artificially create it to go, I'm going to put the resources and whatnot into it myself. And then maybe get the, to get someone else to take over and, and do it. So work on that. But have the confidence in yourself and have people around you that are going to that are going to support you in that. That's very much key. You know, if you've got people in your ear telling you why you wouldn't do it, and 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 that's fine. And if that's family members, and that that that's fine. We don't want to tell you to get rid of your family and your friend, but but you know, also have other people that you're relying on that information for. Never get information. Never take advice from someone who hasn't done what you've done, what you want to do. You know, if they have never done it, they can't advise on it. Um, but find people who have. Take them out for lunch. Spend money on them. You know, ask them for help. That three-letter word, ask, because people are very willing to do that if you're if you're if you're interested in what they're doing. And I think that's we've talked about environment a couple of times. It's just that who has what you want, mm. who has achieved what you want to achieve. Well, you need to find them. You need to hang around with them. And you're looking at say. You know, the network that you, you guys run up in, up in Belfast, that network that you get together, you know, that, that's so important for people to come along in those environments if they want to invest in property. If people want to invest in business, they need to go to different environments. And, and, and you know, you, go, you talk about going to conferences, a lot of the best information you'll get is in the bar. Because <laughs> it's, it's other people telling their stories there. Obviously, you, you get great information from the stage and you get inspiration from the stage. But if you're meeting other people, in the uh, in the bar afterwards, or the social aspects afterwards. That's that's where a lot of the information and the inspiration and the the I suppose the mastermind or the accountability going forward can come with if you keep in touch with these people. I think it's phenomenal. I mean, there is that theory that says, listen, all the information you need to know is in a dozen books or less, you know, in front of you, right? So it's you know, yeah. if you if you then say every all the information I need, it's it's not in another seminar or so you know, it's not somewhere else. It's it's here, it's within me, it's around me. Yeah. So then, as you say in your formula, you're back to the, the being and doing, right? You know, you're sort it of is. going, time to get the finger out, sharpen the pencil. If you need yeah. a kick in the backside, then step up. Yeah, and, and that does bring us back to, you know, part of the be there is I need to continuously learn. You know, you, we need to continuously learn because we're kind of getting the results from the learning that we've already achieved and whatnot so far. So in order for us to really make you know, step, step changes. We need to continue to improve our learning. We need to continue to learn new things and maybe, and oftentimes what do books do or what do, whether they're auditory, I mean, we had this conversation before about books in an auditory form, whatever form you want to take information in. So people like to go to conferences, people like to read, whatever form, just understand yourself, whatever form you want to take it in. Just understand you have to take it in in order for you to 
I often kind of say to ask yourself better questions, to create some better beliefs yourself from the learnings. You know, you'll learn that things are possible because people have other people have achieved them. If one other person has achieved what you want to achieve, you can achieve it too. You know, and just learning how to do something, getting that inspiration so that you can improve your B and go out and do and do it right. That's the point as well. Because a lot of people decide that they want different things and they, they like to set different goals. And that's all very well. But if you're doing it from the base, same knowledge base, you're just asking yourself the same questions. You're taking the same results. You're doing the same actions that you always did. So you're going to get the same results you always got, which were not good. All right. So if you want different goals and better goals and achieve better things, you need to have the foundation of better learning so that you'll ask yourself better questions. You will take better action and you will get better results. That's the kind of stepping stone. In it. And that's where people can burn out and lose faith is that they think just by doing things and by setting a goal and by doing things, sometimes things differently, but not better, that they're going to get this. And when they don't get any better results, they're wondering why and they're going, oh, I'm better off going back and getting a job. You know, I'm better off giving up on that pipe dream. And you go, well, you've missed one of the major foundations. You haven't learned anything different. You're, you're working from the same base. You're working from the same learning, the same belief, your same education, ultimately. And therefore, you're not making any better decisions. They're just decisions based on the old knowledge. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. And, and you know, as you're speaking there, I'm kind of wondering, you know, how... How do you be mindful of who's in your echo chamber, you know, because you have that thing of people just going, yeah, yeah, listen, Michael, you're, you know what, you're the best thing ever. And, and do you know what you, what you said there? I, fantastic. Couldn't have said yeah. it better. Until you eventually go, what's, <laughs> yeah. are we just surrounded by yes, man? I mean, how do you get a nice mix of that, that somebody's going to push you without breaking you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's right about the pushing rather than breaking. You do need to know that, like, you need to be taking qualified pushes to an extent or going outside your comfort zone within reason. And you, 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 I suppose you have to recognize that in, your, in yourself, that you kind of look around and you do a bit of, I suppose, a bit of navel gazing. And there's nothing better than sitting on a beach or something and thinking about this or sitting outside in the garden or somewhere in a place you like to relax and go, well, like, who do I have in my environment? Do an audit on your environment. You know, and your environment is different things. Your environment is your family, your friends, your business colleagues. All and anybody in your environment, split your environment into all the different categories and go, well, who's helping me? If I'm trying to, if I'm, what are my goals? If I'm trying to get to here, and our, you know, I often use the example, if I'm trying to get fit, you know, I use the analogy of the, the New Year's resolution. And what happens is, you know, the car parks in a gym in the first week in January are absolutely jammers, all right? They're, they're gross abandonment of cars is what I call that. They're just left everywhere outside there. You know, you rock back up there in the middle of the end of February and you can drive up to the front door and park up there like you're, you're, like you're a VIP member. So what's after happening there? People have had some form of dissatisfaction with their situation after Christmas and the new year and they're, they're deciding. So they've made that decision that they want to change something. So they've taken some action back into the action that we're talking about the action that they've taken if they bought some shiny new runners they might have bought a new bike they might have bought a new gym membership new runners new gear to have all the gear so they're all set on that and suddenly what happens is you know there's it's a wet for it's a wet february evening i'm not sure they'll do that or you know coronation street is on or do you know what the champions league football is kicking off again and you know and suddenly you're slipping back into the old Michael Schinnecker, the old way that you were. And what's after happening there is one of the big things that after happening is your B has not changed. 
you forced your do, you took some action, but you took some action based on the old you. It's still the old knowledge base so and the old environment that you had. So I'd often say in the environment, if you're if you're sharing an apartment or a flat with, with people who are you know, drinking beer and eating pizza every night of the week, that's not going to help you get fit. Right? Whereas if you're sharing an apartment, the same apartment with people who are already well on the way to getting fit, they're, you know, they're, what can they do for you? The, to, first, first of all, the environment is conducive because they're out doing the running and they're not sitting down in front of the TV watching Coronation Street or whatever like that. They can also help you. They also tell you, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself doing that. Do it this way. Don't push yourself that much. Do it that way. So the environment is two different things. One, it's conducive to helping you. It's kind of, it's holding you a little bit more accountable. They're doing it. So you see that environment and it kind of fits in. And also they can help you. They have the knowledge to help you to do it. So, so if you're looking at your goals, like getting fit, yes, of course, you need to take some action. You need to buy the gear or buy the gym membership or do something like that or if you want to get rich, buy the lotto ticket or whatever it is. You need to do, you need to take some action, but you also need to be very careful of who's around you. How can I make sure this is just, this is not just the first week in January that's going to be, how is this going to, how is this stickable? How do I change my B? And one of the main things there is your environment. Who's around me to hold me accountable, to help me to get there. And that's why I do a lot of the coaching is people go, they know I'm going to rock up on a weekly basis or a fortnightly basis, whatever they want. And they know that I'm going to be there asking questions as to why, why they're going to be doing that. And I'm going to be asking difficult questions of why aren't they doing whatever and how can we get there? Uh, and what is next? They're going to be telling them, you know, just, they don't sit on their laurels. Okay, next. What's the next 90-day plan? Where are we? Where do we want to be? What problems do we need to fix? Where do we want to be? So it's that environment that you need to create that's going to be conducive to getting you in the right mind frame to do and take the action, but also a bit of accountability on it as well and a bit of how-to. And it's the same in everything in life. Don't set a goal unless you look at the environment that's going to help you get there. Because ultimately, I know it's Tony Robbins, like we said, discipline isn't enough. Discipline may get you started, but it isn't enough to keep to keep it, uh, keep the longevity on it. And, and it's, it's that's what we're trying to change here. We're trying to change a habit. We're not trying to change something for a, a short period of time. It's like on a boat. We're trying to change the autopilot, not just sit on the rudder for a while to change direction. We need to change the autopilot so that it'll always be like that. That make a bit of sense absolutely and just you know as you're speaking there i suppose it is not only just getting the plan but it's just applying it continuing you know get the plan yeah. stick to the bloody plan you know and it's like yeah. no matter if you get a shiny penny somewhere else is kind of going see it out push it out keep going Correct. because that's the time when the change is made right you know that yeah. the cold wet february morning that that's the session that does yeah. takes the yeah. change and makes the difference Correct. You'll always see, you know, the glory days when it's the All-Ireland Final or the Olympics and whatnot. They're the glory days, but it's the wet February evenings that, that really made the difference. It's, it's that, that mindset that got you to do that. That's, what, that's what's going to create the glory days. And it's the same in business. It's the making that phone call to a disgruntled client or to a, you know, to a prospect that you're bricking it to make that call. Like that, it's that call that's going to make, the, make or break you, you know, it's going to, that's going to give you the glory days that you can sit back over Christmas and say, that was a great year I just had. You know, that's the glory. It don't, but it happened back in the, when you were making the tough calls and when you were throwing yourself outside your comfort zone. You know, and then you can enjoy the rewards of it as well. And that is important that you do actually reward yourself. You do, you know, even from a psychological neuro association, that you do give yourself some sort of a pat on the back and a reward. And your team, obviously, as well. You probably didn't do it alone, so... Give that recognition on that one. Celebrate your wins. That's that's mm. really important as well. 
Where's where's your flow state, Michael? What's what's your if like I say if you weren't you know money and time were no object, what would you be at? Yeah, that's a, I've often thought about that. You know, and I and you know you could be often tempted to go. I'd love to just sit on the beach and do nothing, but I get bored of that in about two weeks. <laughs> you know, so it's not that. I, I I love the game. I love the the win. I love kind of achieving something. Yeah, I think I think it's not having to do something. You know, I, 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 that's my kind of goal is, is, is to kind of get to a stage where I, I'm, I don't, I don't see retirement as a big, a big deal. I don't want to suddenly turn 60, 65 or whatever. Obviously so long away. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't want to just, I'm not living for that end time and go, oh, great. I can just sit back because that's just, you know, then you're obviously really misaligned to your purpose. So what I would like to go is look at still building and growing out businesses of my own. Like I obviously have the online e-commerce, I have the practice, and I'm looking at buying into different businesses and a few in the, in the pipeline at the moment. And I like that aspect of it, buy, build, you know, either sell and cash out or just cash flow them, get get them running without you. But but ultimately have, have, a, have an input into businesses, but, you know, not having to do it nine to five, I think is, 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 is really where, I, where, where that's my, that's what I'm striving to do it. And, you know, I have a fair bit of that at the moment. It's just, I want to keep that going. I think that's, that's, that will be my purpose. That is my purpose. I like doing that. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't, I wouldn't mind taking six months off and traveling or six weeks off and even traveling or just doing a little bit of that, but, but not just having a balance in that a little bit more, more balance maybe towards, towards, recreation down along the line but still have an input mm. i just don't see don't see retirement as an option <laughs> mm. I just, it wouldn't be for me what's i mean what, what did many michael want to do when he grew up what was the plan that's a good question yeah, that's a good question i don't know actually did i did i really have anything in my i i, I, I suppose I, I probably always saw myself as work as working for myself i was kind of independent like that and you know i suppose when I started, when I was young, growing up, I, I used to cut hedges of all things. Now I used to cut hedges. This is not what a clipper is. No, no electric or no petrol more. And I used to do that for, I remember at the time, it was like two pounds for a morning's work. And you, <laughs> and I saved up for my first bike on that one to go to secondary school. I remember accounting with my kids then. They were kind of like, what? Well, but that was that. So I always liked that. Like, you know, I like that work aspect. I like earning money. I like to be out and busy and, and doing things. And, and I suppose that sense of achievement as well, that at the end of the day, I drove to secondary school on my brand new spanking bike that I pretty much paid for myself. I got a contribution from my parents, obviously, but I'd pretty much probably done about 70% of it myself. Uh, and that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that aspect of it. And really taught me a lot. I was walking door to door asking people that they want their hedge, hedges cut. So first form of sales at that age now. So I always like that. Then I guess the, I suppose the transition year thing that I talked about there, the, the, that young enterprise company, I, I always had that in the blood, I think, to do that. And, and uh, yeah, so I probably always envisaged myself uh, owning a business or doing something in business for myself. So is, I is that. business in the family? Does that, is there have you a background? Not that, no, not particularly. My dad worked for, worked for a PMPA back in the day. It was garages. He was selling cars and, and he was very good at, at investing. He, he, he invested a lot in the in stock market. And, and that I think it was that level of kind of leverage that I really bought into at the time as well. Was he was he was investing money and, and made more from that than he ever did selling cars, ultimately. You know? So that was, uh, that was interesting. I mean, that was, during, that was during the 70s and the 80s. So that was fun times, as you could imagine. You know? so, and I grew up in the 80s. Obviously, uh, 
Uh, born in the, I was going to say mid-70s, but that would be pushing it a little bit, the early 70s and kind of grew up through the 80s where there was a perpetual recession. <laughs> but it was fun times with great haircuts and great music. <laughs> and uh, and then college in the 90s and, and came out and, you know, I came out of college in 93, 94, not a great time. Um, yeah, the economy in the South was, in, in Ireland there, was picking up and obviously it took off from there as well. So, yeah, I, I, I do like, I've always liked the entrepreneurial aspect and, and kind of doing for something for yourself. Listen, it's not without, it's, that, it's down days as well. And you, you know that yourself. It's not all plain sailing. It's not all happiness and, and fun and games, but it, it, it outweighs the, the bad. The good days outweigh the bad. And once you, once I think once you always have some bit of a plan and some bit of a vision and some bit of belief, I think as well, that you're going in the right direction and what you're doing is exciting you. And, um, you're on, the, you're on the right track, you know. But like entrepreneur, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. And there's different forms of it. You know, we talk about business, but entrepreneurship from a property investment point of view, from a stock market investment point of view, there's plenty of different ways of getting involved in working or earning money for yourself. But it all revolves around learning it, first of all. But then, you know, I often come across people who go to every single, you know, conference and events and, and you know after a while you go you know you need to take action after this to actually get the results you actually need to do what's being talked about here you can listen like, and, and that's where there is a certain amount of you know stop now learning and doing something you know because there's a lot more learning comes from doing as well you need to learn the theory and you need to get stuck into it but the most practical and the reality is the rubber hits the road whatever you want to call it is when you actually go out and try to put it into play you know yourself anything about property and they talk to you about you go about doing this you go about doing that strategy and this strategy when you actually go out and talk to somebody about doing that strategy and talk to the bank and the person who's selling and the estate agent <laughs> that's when you really learn how to, how to do it or or whatnot and it's the exact same in business so you need to get that balance between learning and doing and learning and doing and ultimately just do mm. I think it was, was a Brian Tracy or one of those guys saying, you know, you might have a 10% conversion rate and I might have a 1% conversion rate, but I can still beat you if I do more activity, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, obviously you'd like to have a 10% conversion rather than a 1% conversion rate, but it'll come with time if you learn. If you continue to learn from what you do, you'll improve. But for the mean, in the meantime, just do the activity and get done, doing it. And as I said in the franchise, when we were told, get, your front, get yourself in front of a business owner. Don't qualify them too much for the moment. Just get in front of them. Learn your trade. And then you can kind of realize, well, who are the best prospects for you and who are not the best prospects for you. And you can qualify your leads a little bit further. But until that, get out there and learn. Get out there and do that activity. Often refer to it as even the eagle needs a push. The little eagle needs a push out of the nest just to do it. And what happens? You know, they will start flapping their wings and they will fly. But if they think about it too long, they'll never do it. It's like learning to, to ride the bike, isn't that the, the tried and trusted method is hold on to the back or the back of the bike and let go <laughs> when when the person starts the cycle and they that they're, they're off. And it's the same in business. You just need to throw yourself in that. Have faith that you will be able to do it, and that's the that's the most important thing. But I think I think one of the big things that we talked about earlier is is living in the present. You know, don't worry about the past. You learn from that. Don't think too far in the future, but just work now. Do what you need to do. What do you need to be doing right now to get some results and to be moving forward towards your goals? Don't look too far ahead. Don't even think about your meeting next week. Think about, think about your meeting today and tomorrow, and they'll all come out. They'll all really 
you know, release themselves. They'll all be there at some point in time and you will deal with them then, but don't sweat it. Don't, don't get overly stressed about it now. Live in the present. And, you know, stress does come from living in the future, Live, always anticipating problems that never actually occur. And if any problems do occur, you'll survive them. You've got to whatever age you are at the moment by surviving everything life has thrown at you. I think you'll survive for, going forward. Just have that faith. So it's living in the present with faith is what I call it. Not faith from a religious point of view, but faith in yourself and faith that you will find a way because you will. That's just human nature. You will find a way through it. And you're, if, you're, if you've worked in the right environment and you've got the right people around you, you can ask the right people for help. Is it, so we've solved the world's problems so far, anyway. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, for you, is there, is there a connection between faith and purpose? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think there absolutely is because I think purpose. I, I always think purpose is you. It's kind of like your raison d'être. Why why were you put on the earth? Why were you given those skill sets? Or, or why are you you? You know, and what's it, it, it's kind of like you know what's you with the handbrake off? Like what would you be doing? I often ask people as well. I kind of say this is you know, what, what do you do when you wake up in the morning and you know you're doing something? What's your reaction to it? You know, you have a meeting with somebody or you're doing something to you. What's your reaction? Is, is it a bit of dread or is it I'm really excited? And if you're really excited, you're doing the right thing. If it's dread, you're doing the wrong thing. You know, so there's a book, uh, there's a very good book called Soar With Your Strengths. You might have heard of it. And, you know, oftentimes we're talked about in school and, you know, in work or in employment is to kind of work on your weaknesses. You know, you got to work on that aspect and you go, well, why the hell would you want to work on something that you're never going to be good at? You're sore with your strengths because your strengths are there for a reason. You know, I often say to people, like, what do you do easily that other people struggle with? Other people would just would not like it, and you like it. You love it. Like, you love making those phone calls that other people hate to do. You love doing those sales meetings that everybody hates to do. Or you love doing, getting those, doing those spreadsheets, massive spreadsheets that other people just cry at the thoughts of doing. Well, then you're on the right track. That's what you were put on the world to do, put on the earth to do. So, you know, kind of always be a, a little bit, it's kind of faith in yourself, but also just trust yourself. Just kind of a little bit of navel gazing, understand what you like. And we all wake up in the morning, you know, hopefully we're all waking up in the morning, but we're waking up in the morning and we're, we're, we always think about our day ahead. And, and, you know, when you think about your day ahead and what you have in your diary, what does it make you feel? Like, does it make you feel good? Does it make you feel excited? Are you happy with that? Or does it fill you with dread and a lack of purpose? And I use the word purpose. Do you feel like you're just not doing what you should be doing? And just think about, well, what, what did I, what do I like? What do I like to do? What gives me energy? What am I sparked with? What, what, what am I good at that other people do not like to do? Well, there are the kind of questions you need to ask. And then you're living with purpose. And then you'll have full faith in what you're doing. You'll, you'll love it. It won't be work. I know people say, like, oh, my work doesn't feel like work. Well, you know, partly. It doesn't have to be, you know, be fully plays with, with, with the world. But it just needs to feel like, actually, I do like this part. I do like what I'm doing now today. I'm going out and I'm meeting this person. Or I'm doing that job. And I'm going on site and looking at that. Or I'm doing this big spreadsheet and I'm working on the finances. Or whatever it is. Whatever turns you on. Whatever it is. But just... Just understand that, I think, and be okay with that. But a little bit of navel-gazing just to figure that out, I think, is absolutely no, no problem because it is important to understand your purpose. And there's different ways. And people, people have written books on finding your purpose and doing whatever and, you know, kind of understanding that, you know, what events in your life have shaped, shaped your future and whatnot. But it's, it ultimately rattles down to, well, how do you feel about 
when you think you're doing something that day or when you're when you're about to do something? How does that make you feel? What's your gut instinct? Understanding that and kind of being okay with that. You know, we can all end up on a trajectory in life and go, I'm just going down this route because it's expected of me. Or, you know, you know, I started with school and I was expected to go to college. I was expected to do with that. But you know what? I'm better with my hands or I'm better at this. And well, then be true to yourself. Because no matter what you're if you're doing what you're good at or what you're destined to do or what your purpose is doing, you'll make it work. You'll find a way to make it work. But if you're, if, if the opposite of that is true, you'll probably sabotage it. That self-sabotage. You just, you know, you're not going to be happy with it. And, you know, we all, as far as I know, we only have one top chance on this planet. I'm not sure. Maybe you do more, but I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming I only have one. If I'm coming back and coming back as a dog or something, I don't know. But, you know, you only have one chance. We're assuming that we only have one life and it's too short. So do what you want to do. Enjoy what you're doing. You'll be a happier person to be around as well. <laughs> you know? I think that's just as important. You know, if you're, if you're a happy person, are you enjoying life? Well, why are you enjoying it or why are you not enjoying it? I mean, are you where, where you're supposed to be, do you think? I think so. Yeah. And um, listen, I'm always, always striving to, like, I think we can all kind of look and say there's things that we need to fix. <laughs> and we're always striving to, to look at that. But it is often looking, I often ask myself, well, what am I actually good at? You know, and, and, and you know, then you can say, well, is what I'm doing conducive to that? And you go, go, yeah, it is. Or sometimes, no, maybe not, it isn't. Maybe that actually business wouldn't be best suited to me because I'm just not good at that stuff. And, you know, I won't be interested in it. And if not interested in it, just it, it won't work if I'm not interested in it. So I do focus on things that I am more aligned with and do feel that it's kind of aligned with my values as well. Like, I like the whole idea of you know, good quality and good service, even if, you're, even if you're charging a premium or it's a premium product for that. I just believe in premium. I believe in adding value rather than being the cheapest or, or doing whatever. Like, Say the, the the products that I sell on Amazon, I'm, I'm I'm pricing them at a certain level that I feel they're not cheap, nasty things that will be chucked away in a couple of weeks' time because they won't work. No, they're good quality. You know, they're not. You know, they're speakers, so they're not bows, but they're not the cheapest rubbish that you get either. They're good. They work, and they're and they're very good value, and they get good feedback from that, and they're priced accordingly. So I'm not going trying to sell everything cheaper and trying to go, okay, I'll get the cheapest product ever and the cheapest quality. I just want to, I, I would rather that. And that's, that's, that's what that suits me. That's aligned with my values. I don't want to be dealing with customer service issues of stuff coming back broken. It's just, it's just I, that would just wear me down. <laughs> so just kind of, I, I kind of think you need to understand that about yourself as well. What are your values? Because if you're going to try to do something that's ultimately against your values, you're going to self-sabotage. I think about is your B underneath is like, what are my skills? What are my values? What are my beliefs? What are, what's my identity? And that needs to align with where you're going and what you want to do. Because if you don't have those aligned to what you should be doing, in other words, the activity or the action you need to do, you're probably not going to do it. If you don't have the skills to do something, you're probably not going to do it. If you don't believe it's, it's good for you to be doing it, if it's against your values to do something, after a while, you just won't do it. So that's what I'm saying. That's the that's all part of your B before you can do something, before you can get the results that you want to be. So or what you want to get, and that's that's really important to understand that those are in alignment before you really embark on anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, if you were to say your your superpower, your place of greatest service, where where is that for you? My place of, of best service is it? Mm. That's a good question. Yeah. 
Uh, and you know that's a good question. Sometimes, sometimes it's, other, it's, it's better for other people to observe you and that than yourself. And 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 I suppose what people would kind of say about me would be that you know I can maybe spot an opportunity where others mightn't. I can kind of, you know they kind of say well listen that's what it is now, but this is where it could go to. Mm-hmm. You know we could actually look at doing it doing this a different way and and this and that. And and as I said, actually that is when you have the right people around you and you ask their opinion that you value, they'll often observe some things about you that maybe you didn't see yourself because you take it for granted. You've been living with you for however long you're alive. But the other person might actually observe it and say, you know what, you're actually better at that. And and, and that's where that's where you should focus, or that's where and you kind of go, actually, no, that is what I'm really good at. Uh, or that's where I'm best <laughs> and that's okay too so yeah i think from my point of view be more the entrepreneurial side maybe spotting an opportunity and uh, where i'm probably not good at is actually sometimes they're going to go like I, I want somebody i'd start something but i want some i want i want at some stage to set a team up and systems up so that i don't have to be pushing it the whole time i can observe i don't mind starting it up and pushing it at the start but i now need i then need a kind of a team and leverage afterwards so that it doesn't all become dependent on me otherwise i'm just going to it's going to be another job. I mean, generally, I mean, are you are you sort of a, an away from or towards sort of a person? Yeah, more of a towards. Yeah, towards pleasure rather than away from pain. Yeah, Heck, don't get me wrong. I think part of the getting the coaching right was moving away from pain <laughs> and perceived pain more than anything else. I had to make it work. But also the one the, the towards the pleasure side was I just wanted to I just wanted to achieve. I saw that vision and I wanted to achieve that. I wanted to to help people and I wanted to have a very successful practice, to be perfectly honest. And, and you know, I got awards for what I was doing. And I, don't get me wrong, I like that too. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't mind admitting that. You know, I am shallow. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. It, it, was, it was something that I like to get. And we all like, point, point is, and you be honest, we all do like getting that recognition and achieve and achieve things. Um, and that, that, that I was I was drawn towards that to, to get that to be successful at, at that and, and to work hard to, you know, in order to get that. Yeah. So at certain stages it was move away from pain and that I had a mortgage to pay and you needed to get that right, first of all. But, you know, it didn't take me too long to get that sort, yeah. to be to be honest. And then it was a case of why did I drive it on further than that? Because I just wanted to succeed. Same thing, you know, the Amazon, I wanted to do that. And now anything I do in property or in other buying and businesses, you know, I know that if I if I buy or get involved in the business that I that I want, make it successful. It, w- it will happen. Mm. What's your preference? I mean, do you, do you prefer to make or fix? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, probably more on the make side. I do like creating. Um I do, yeah, no, I do like starting, creating, and, you know, oftentimes fixing is creating because you need to fix some issues before, you know, if you're going into a business, you're, you're, there's certain things that are wrong that you need to lay the foundations for, which is ultimately creating, I guess, before you can move on. And that is a case of maybe slowing down to speed up. You know, we need to make sure, like if any business that I go into, first of all, you need to make sure you're financially sound and that you've got a decent margin and you've got decent prices in place before we start to market or else if we market it. With your current, uh, you know, cost structure and margin, we're just going to send you bust quicker. You know, so you need to kind of fix that mastery level stuff first of all before we can do the great growth and the creative and the marketing side. But no, generally speaking, I will. I'm more of a creator. I do like creating things. It's what gets it's what gets the excitement going. 
but then it's handy to have somebody around you who can actually maybe execute as well and help you with the execution and, and do that side of things because all creative people or anybody who wants to start something needs somebody with them that will do the stuff as well, you know. What can be called sometimes in the, I don't know, we heard a disc profile, and that kind of high D person is all driven, determined, doer, but they can create a complete mess if they don't have somebody behind them that will actually tidy up that mess and, and put a structure on it to make it workable. They might have all the create the, the logic and the and the systems and procedures and team behind you to actually make it work. And I do like that aspect of it as well, actually. I can, I'm an accountant by, by profession, so like I can get stuck into the spreadsheet and enjoy finances. I probably just lean away from it, generally speaking, but when I do get stuck into it, I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, kind of a sad thing, really, but I do. So I can go there if I want to, but it's not my lean. It's not, it's not where I like. I probably put it on the long finger when I have to, I will. Um, but I'd rather, I'd much rather getting out and about creating doing deals, different things like that. Are you, a, are you a saver or investor then? What do you set there? Oh, that's a good point. More of an investor, I would think. Yeah. I kind of think if you, you know, when you invest, you're kind of, you're growing something. Uh, and when you're growing something, it's ultimately a way of saving. I, I, I kind of, yeah, like if you look at oftentimes in business, I have, I, I, even in my own business, I have to be dragged back to focus on costs, you know, because ultimately cost is important to keep in trade, but I'm more focused on growing the top line. Yeah. And then obviously you need to come back and say, well, listen, if I actually save some stuff on the bottom line here or in the cost structure, it'll help the bottom line as well. But my focus, my leniency would be more to growing the top line and growing the sales and doing the marketing and investing in that, even if it does require a bit of a short-term loss to, to invest in like a new product launch or new, ranking a new product or marketing a new product. I don't mind taking that hit so that it'll be, there's a longer term play in there. And then you need to come back and go, right, we need to shape up this so that we are actually making a profit at the end of the day and making a nice profit. And you know yourself, if you can cut some cost out of your bottom line, that's where a lot of profit comes from. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's getting your head around that. Oh, it's a big part. You mentioned uh, a word a while ago, ego. Ego. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was your take on that? What, what part of ego now resonated with you? <laughs> It's it's a it's a subject I'm fascinated. I mean, call it what you want. I mean, inner voice, ego, you know, pain, pleasure. There's there's all the different takes on it. But I mean, the, the overall concept being is you have to have it. But the yeah. question is, you know, who's driving the bus? You or the ego? Sometimes, you know. And that's, yeah, that's the question. I think it's a very important point, and I think ego needs to be qualified by ability. You know, so if you don't have if you have ego and you don't have the ability to back it up, and listen, let's face it, we've all come across what I what you'd call spoofers. And you can, you can probably spot them at this stage in, in your life. And you're kind of going, whereas, you know, somebody who has a bit of, and I think ego, the right type of ego is more is, is more of a, a kind of a confidence more than an ego. They just have a little bit of confidence. Like, the, you know, you always heard the adage, be, be aware of the quiet ones, you know. But, but I think you need to look at ego ultimately will translate itself into action into the person who is backing themselves and taking action. And if you want to qualify whether the ego has substance behind it is just take a look and see what the action the person is taking. If they're taking action, well, then that's that's ego with a, with a lot of substance. If they're talking and they're rattling about talking and, and you know, there's not a whole lot of substance and not a whole lot of results and not a whole lot of action behind it, yeah, you've probably got spoofer on your hands. Um, now, like, there's always a bit of an expression called fake it till you make it. And I think, you know, there is a certain amount of that in, 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 in a, say, from a sales example. You just need to do it. You need to do it with a bit of blind belief. 
and it will come through. But same thing, it still revolves back to, are you actually taking action? Are you actually backing yourself? And are you actually putting yourself on the line to make it, to make it work? That's that, that type of ego you need to have. I think it's more of a confidence thing, but it's a confidence backed by the substance of both knowledge and action. Which if you have those two, if you have knowledge and action together, you're a dangerous person in a good way. Absolutely. I mean, where, where's a where's a zone of an um, zone of ideas and inspiration for you? What's mm-hmm. have you a go to place? I think it's environment. I think it's it's it's, it's a, a variation of different things. Talking to different people, um, even if you're if, like even in the property side, if you're talking to in, in agents from a business point of view, if I'm talking to brokers from a business point of view, if I'm talking to other business owners, you'll just. You'll just come across ideas. You'll hear, you'll listen, you'll... And I suppose if you're always, if you've got your, set your, what I call your RAS, your reticular activating system, it's kind of, you know, the, the filter for your goals. It's, you know, the kind of idea that if you're looking after buying a certain type of car, you'll see loads of those cars around the place. They were always there. It's just now you're thinking of it. That's your reticular activating system. If you're focused on what you want by setting your goals, well then in all your other activities, once you're once you're out there talking to people, you will attract the opportunities and you will be open and come across the opportunities because ultimately your reticular activating system has been looking out for them for you. And I think that's important. Once you know what you want, if you know you want to build a property portfolio, if you want to build a business portfolio, if you want to be successful in sales, you will, you will be looking out for that as a result of setting those goals up. And once you're out there at networking events, you're talking to people, that's where the inspiration, the ideas and the opportunity will come from. And that's where, you know, it's back to actions, back to doing. You know, if you want to sit at home on a Tuesday evening listening to Coronation State, that's fine. Or you want to go out to a meeting that's, you know, outside of office hours and you go, you rock up to a networking event or whatnot. Well, you're more likely to meet people there that's going, that are going to help you achieve your goals than sitting inside watching Coronation Street. Don't get me wrong, no harm in having a bit of relaxation and a bit of distraction watching Coronation Street. But my point being that if you're doing that the whole time, well, then you're out of balance. <laughs> yeah, it's, you it's, need to be out there. You need to be yeah. putting yourself out there so that people hear about you, they know about you, they're impressed by you, you come across opportunities and creative ideas and that's where you get your inspiration from really you know obviously mm-hmm. books and things like that you can and and i often find you know when you're listening to an inspirational book it's you know the science of getting rich it's a book that's gosh 100 years old maybe pete i'm not sure it's uh, it's it, you know you just read that and suddenly you're kind of going you're just getting ideas popping into your head it's, it's kind of like it's setting off some light bulb moments for you you're getting inspired by that and when your brain is at that level of inspiration it's just in a creative mode you know and and the more of that the better i loved what you said a while back there and, and well quite a while back in terms of you know getting those goals out and not yes. quite often i would find that you know especially you've got that sort of mental soup if you like that's going on yeah. and as you say you've got your your les brands your bob proctors your thinking yeah. riches your you've got all this going in yes and you kind of know the message is there but then you just yeah. go right just just tell me what it is and you're like um yeah yeah yeah, and if you, it's, it's like that email thing I was talking about. Like you, you're writing an email and suddenly you're going, oh, I thought it was clear in my head what I was going to say and it's taken me forever to get it out. It's the same. It's the, it's the, you, I love the word, mental soup. It's just, it's just, it's a bit, it's a bit gluky. It's just not clear. And you thought it was clear and, mm-hmm. and you know, that's the one you, you think it's clear until you actually write down and go, what actually is it? And why do I want that? You know, what's that going to do for me? Because people can all write down, oh, I want a boat, I want a, 
you know, spend the rest of my life on a beach and I want to do this, that, and the other. And you go, why? And you realize that, you know, when you kind of actually work through that, well, what actually is important? You can get down a deep level below the first layer and just go, well, why do you want that goal? Why is that important? If you didn't get that, what would be the problem? Or, you know, and, and, and that's the clarity that you need to get to kind of go, to kind to get that fire in the belly. It's, it's, it's the emotion. It's the same in anything. And, you know, when, I, when you say to somebody about, you know, someone might say to you, oh, I want financial security. So what, 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 why do you want financial security? What does financial security mean to you? And they dig down. Suddenly they're getting emotional and asking them enough questions until you reach emotion. At the start, at the top, it's just kind of the first BS response. You know, it's that kind of really bland level. Like I ask business owners, what do you want in your business? I want to improve sales. I want to do that, I want to do that. And when you actually dig down, you really find out that, gosh, if I don't fix this, I'm in trouble. If I don't get that. And that, that's where you reach the emotion to start. The top is just the kind of programmed responses we come up with. Like even in goals, like, oh, I want financial security. I want to buy a lovely car. I want to live on the beach. I want to, want to, want to, want to, want to. And they're all just BS at the start. You actually can tune down and go, well, why? Why is that important to you? You know, you don't need to... You don't need to have all these. Why is that important to you? What, 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 would, what would not having it mean? You know, if I didn't have a boat, I wouldn't actually care. You know, well, then you don't need a boat. That's not right. That's not going to give you the fire in the belly. And that's really what we are talking about. When, when you name this fire in the belly, it's ultimately kind of going, well, what's going to make you take action? Why is it? What is it? That's your purpose. What's important for you? And really get your goals aligned with that. Well, then you're on fire. So, so true, isn't it? Because yeah. you often see it. I mean, a lot of people there, you know, and talk about the voids being the values. As you yeah. say, it's like, I want the boat. Why? Because I couldn't have it before or something yeah. else happened or whatever, right? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, and you, you, kind of, you often kind of think, you know what? I forgot the boat now. That'd be a real pain in the ass because I have to clean it every year, kick it out. Oh, you know, it's not really, it's not really, it's not the boat. It's, it's not that. It's, what is it? It's the ability to be able to buy a boat, the money, the power, the whatever it is. So dig down and go, well, what is it you really want? You know, well, actually, do you know what? I'd just love to be able to take a holiday every now and then. I'd love to be able to travel. I'd love to have that ability to do what, or whatever it is for you. And it's going to be different for everybody because thankfully that's what makes the world go around. We're all different. And, you know, maybe we can get programmed by the outside world to think that you want to have the car, the lovely house, the two and a half kids, the whatever it is. And maybe that's just not for you. That's not what you want. And you just, if you can't work it out for yourself, you, or I think you can, but otherwise get somebody to ask you questions and find out and just spend time and spit it out. And you'll go to a place where it's, you can be, I suppose, free to, to, to think about these things and get very clear on what you actually want because it's well worthwhile. Kind of what I say, slow down to speed up. Find out what's really going to give you that fire in the belly because when you do find that out, you're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so, so true. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's getting your your why, your pers- purpose, your passion, whatever. And yeah, that, as you said earlier on, I mean, that really is going to give you, that's going to give you the momentum, the why when... The cold, wet February day, that's the thing where you kind of go, and it's not cold and wet, it's great. It means the car park's empty, it means I can get close to the door. Isn't yeah. a great day, right? <laughs> it's fine, yeah. And you know, you know yourself, it's the same thing. It's, it's getting out of the hot living room and into the outdoors is the worst part of it. And it's the same in business, same in anything. It's the first step is often the most difficult thing. Once you're doing it, it's fine. It's just getting it and giving yourself that why and that purpose to take that first step. Because once you do the first step, it's fine. You'll find a way through it. You'll do that 5K run, a 10K run, and a cycle, or whatever it is that you 
that you want to do. And you'll enjoy it and you'll be delighted afterwards. But you'll still need to go back to your why the next time you need to do it again. I walk out of the gym every time and go, that's brilliant. Let's go back there again soon. But it still requires that, you know, discipline and purpose to go, I need to go back to the gym. I want to go back to the gym because I want to be fit, healthy and all that. And it makes me feel good. You know, so that's the different reasons. As, as, as Anthony Robbins said, discipline alone is just not going to cut it. You know, he, I think he used the example of, of smoking. And, you know, you can, you can discipline yourself to stop smoking and that will work well and your body will start creating its own nicotine again in a, in a few days. You're, you've lost, you, your craving is being satisfied, but it's just a habit you're trying to break. And it's the identity you're trying, you're trying to break. You, are, you know, you're, you're still, you still carry the identity of a smoker and that's still difficult and it takes time until if you can switch your identity around, then it becomes very easy. You're suddenly not a smoker and you not, are not a drinker, whatever the habit is. You just you just switch that person, and that's it's it's not discipline isn't isn't required at all because you just you wouldn't even think about doing that. It's just not part of you anymore. And the other is the same way. It's just like getting up and going out on a Tuesday evening or training and doing whatever or making sales calls. It's just part of what you do. It's part of who you are. It may have been disciplined at the one. It may have taken you a while until you actually formed that new identity about yourself, but because of the purpose you've found for yourself. And after a while, it's you, it's your identity. You don't need to be outside your comfort zone to do it because it is your comfort zone, it's your new identity. And using the mirror analogy that I think we talked at the very start, now that's reflecting back at you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great audit. Like if you just, whatever, you don't need to look at the mirror in yourself, and you, but you just look and say like, okay, how are, how, what is my bank account looking at the moment? What kind of car am I driving? What kind of relationships do I have? What kind of people do I have around me? What's the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all that? Like, what's you know, what is that telling me about myself? Okay, my bank account is lousy. Okay, I'm not good with money. Why am I not good with money? Why, why am I attracting or not attracting money? What am I doing? What sabotaging am, am, I, am I doing to do that? And you just need to look at that and fix that part. And your relationships might be brilliant, and you go keep up that. You're doing a great job there. Or the other way around. Or you know, my body isn't where I want it to be. I'm not as fit as I want to be. Okay, so that's a reflection on your thought process at the moment. So how do we change that? How do we work on that? How do we improve that aspect? I remember doing a parenting coach course even years ago. And it's like a bit what we would talk about in business. We used to call it the wheel of life and um, the different areas, different aspects of your life. And you go, you know, you're think of your the inner spoke and, and from zero and to 10 is like all the different, like your health, your business, your relationships, your family, all those kind of areas and zero to 10. And it's a wheel. And you go, if you give yourself zero to 10 in each of them, what kind of, what's your life look like? Is it a rough journey or is it a smooth wheel? You know, and, and depending on how, yeah, exactly. Depending on how it is. And, and of course, on the parenting coach course, the idea that they were saying is that if you're looking to take care of a child, well, you need to have take, you need to be able to in a, be in a good place yourself. So they call it instead of wheel of life, they don't call it the flower and the different petals that go out from that. And, you know, if you're, if you're not good, not happy in your relationships, not happy in your work, not happy in your fitness, not happy in yourself, well, then how can you take care of a, a kid? You know, so work on yourself. Make sure you're in good state, that you're happy with yourself so that you can be present with your kid. And the same thing with your business. If you're not happy in your life and whatnot, well, how can you take care of a business or look after a business? And, and the kind of idea, it's back to the plane analogy when, you know, oxygen masks will drop. They tell you to put on your own one before you look after anybody else around you because you can't do anything for anybody else if you're not looking after yourself. And, and that's really important in, in that aspect of you know looking after a business or looking after yourself, looking after your family, looking after kids, whatever. Whatever the analogy, it all fits. 
So, you know, you need to work on, you know, yourself with your own personal development. What are the different aspects of your life that you're looking at? It's not just all. You can't just focus on growing business, growing business, growing business. You need to kind of go, what's my balance? Where do I, how do I relax? How do I keep myself? What's my nutrition like? What's my health like? What's my sport sport and fitness like? Am I taking care of myself? Do I feel good as a result of that? Because if you feel good, it'll come out in your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sort of the problems of the world out there, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's no, it's pretty uh, pretty good. Just a quick one: Do you like yourself? Love yourself? Value yourself? That's a good question. I think I do. Yeah, no, I do. I listen to moments with myself, right? but I do. I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. That's it's, it's a good question because I, like obviously the. Jack Canfield and those people often would say, like, as in, look at yourself in the mirror every day and say, I love you. And, you know, after a while, people kind of go, gosh, you know, that does, how does, you know, and you do every now and then kind of say, like, okay, how do you react to that when you say it about yourself? And I'm actually, I kind of react pretty okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm certainly not trying to get, say I'm, I'm, I'm perfect by any stretch of the imagination because nobody actually is. But I think it's a work in progress and it always is. And, and I think you kind of need to realize maybe when you are missing some aspects of it, you're kind of going, if you are feeling a little bit out of, out of alignment on that wheel of life, you'll feel it. You'll feel that you're, that you're not, that you're not, you're not kind of there's something up and whatnot. And you might need to, you might need to take a break. But you go back to like, what is it? What is it? Do I need to back to the B maybe as well? I, I, I probably need to learn a little bit more. I need to read a bit more. I need to stop watching television a little bit more. Or I need to maybe go out and start running again or start cycling again. Or maybe I could eat a little bit better. Or maybe not have that extra beer. I want, you know, different things that you kind of, if you're in tune and you kind of feel that might be a little, you might be feeling a bit off because we are, we're always going to be a little bit off. We're never going to be like, we made it. You're going to. You're going to be a. It's always a work in progress. I think is, is where it is. But once you're on the once you're on the right track and and you kind of know how to fix it, you can kind of recognize some 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 tricks. And, and there are times in business and you go, do you know what? What I need to do now is just go out and sell. I need to just go out and sell it and get out there, get stuck in again, and that'll give me that'll give me that little oomph again. That'll give a little bit of I'm throwing myself out of the nest and you know, get the fire in the belly again going kind of thing because, you know, everything else, it's a fire, but it might be, it might, uh, it might be a little bit dimmer at times than it is. And you need to just, but once you recognize that, if you're in tune with yourself and you're doing, you know, we talk a bit about meditation and yoga and kind of understanding yourself a little bit more, just being honest with yourself on that and realizing, you know what, I need a bit of a kick of the ass now at this stage. And, you know, I often say, get yourself a coach. (laughs) Have somebody else that, that can see that happening or can kind of push that and, and you can talk to about and, and they'll hold you accountable to doing that. You know, put it out there with them and, and, and yeah, that's always good. You know yourself, you've got a coach in your life and, and, and the benefits that it's done you over that period of time. And it's, it's vitally, vitally important because, you know, we, we look at that, that famous film back along Groundhog Day. We can have Groundhog months and Groundhog years and how many people turned around and, on January and say, gosh, I'm in the same place as I was last January. Or otherwise say, that's a massive difference between where I was this January and last January. And that's great. You know, so because a year will, will, will go by. You know, as sure as night follows day, it will pass by. It's just you've got the, the choice of where you want it to be and where you want to be in it. And that's the key. If you were to summarize your fire in the belly then in one or two words, what would that be? Yeah, I think really it's about setting goals. It's about wanting to achieve more. It's 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 really it's about the kind. Of, it's 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 treating life as a bit of a game, 
wanted to win, <laughs> getting, you know, getting a result. And it's not winning, and it's not winning for somebody else losing because I don't think that's a game at all. That's just bullying. It's more, it's about winning and, and achieving. And you know, with with winning, you've achieved something and you've given something. Like if you if you grow a business, if you win in a deal, if you grow a business, well then the employees have won. This all the stakeholders have won, and that your family has won. You can go on nicer holidays. You can do whatever. So it's that it that it's it's, it's that level of achievement and, and accomplishing something and being proud of something. That's the the fire in the belly for me, really, Peter. Is is, is just that to, to kind of say it's it, the, you know. You can chase money. You know yourself. You chase money, it's going to go away from you. you chase a result. You chase on just getting a result, achieving something. The money will come. You know, that will come if you do the right things. You know, it was at Zig Ziglar said, you know, you help enough people achieve what they want in life, you'll get what you want. You know, and, and, I, and I firmly believe in that adage. If you're not serving enough people and helping enough people get what they want, well, you're not going to get what you want. You're not, you're not delivering any value if that's the case. You know, you, so you look at it, you concentrate, number one, on just delivering value for people and enough people. And I think that's the key as well. It's enough people. How can you deliver more to people? How can you deliver more to more people, <laughs> if that makes sense? You know, and lever that often comes through leverage. So I'm serving 10 people at the moment. Well, how could I serve 100? How could I serve 200? How could I serve 1,000? And the more people that you help get what they want, you will get what you want. And I think that's probably the adage that I like to live with and I think if every company in the world and every government in the world had that philosophy it would be a far better place love it where can people reach out to you where can they get a hold of you track you down stalk you haunt you yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, google Michael Schittick I'll probably pop up and the business practice .ie, uh, is, is the website to get me on and uh, yeah I, I'll, I'll pop up and there's not too many Michael Schoenigs in the world. <laughs> and the business practice that I, you'll, you'll spot me there. Hop on if you want to have a call, want to have a chat about anything. Just, I'm absolutely very much open to that. Uh, yeah, so very easily contactable that way, Pete. I'm really open to it, so feel free. Really like helping people, so yeah. Final message you'd like to leave with people? Yeah, I just think, you know, I, I would kind of look and say concentrate on being the best person you can be, you know, just, just work out what it is you want to be and, and be true to yourself on that and just do a little bit of, of an audit on where you are at the moment and go, yeah, the most important thing in life is, you know, we underestimate what we can, we overestimate what we can do in one year, but we drastically underestimate where we could be in four or five, 10 years time. So never think it's too late, no matter what age you are, everything goes too late now. No, it's not. You know, you can really make changes, but have a look at where you are at the moment. What, what do you like? What do you don't like? And, and just plan and get people around you who can help you go to where you want to go. But find out what your, what your purpose is. Put a bit of idea into that. Just slow down to speed up is what I'm trying to say there. Is just slow down to speed up. Find out what your purpose is. What's your raison d'etre? Why were you put on the world? Put into, put into the earth. What, you, what are you good at? What do you like to do? There are all those kind of questions that will help you. And then get people around you who can help you to do that because people are willing to help. You got to ask. And that's something that we're often not good at is asking for help. You ask for help, people will help you. And if they don't, don't want to help you, you've asked the wrong person, but just keep asking. You'll get the right people. 99% of people will be delighted to help. And if nice. you start doing the activity to help you along, they'll be even happier to help you because you're, you're, you're taking the advice on board, I guess. People. There's so much value there. Listen, I, I thank you so much for that. There's uh... Very welcome. Enjoy that. Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, this again, appreciate and encourage people to reach out to you. So thank you. Excellent. Pete. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. 
you know, this really wouldn't be possible without our great guests taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you. 